0: Hello and welcome back to the Reformed Affections podcast. Today you'll be looking at Psalm 8, a great psalm of pure adoration of the Lord. It reads, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And so you can see just from just from reading that short psalm that it is just filled with divine adoration. And there's a, an acronym for how we should pray that is pretty constructive, very helpful, as Acts, which is adoration, confession of sin, thanksgiving, and supplication. And so you see that same model in the Lord's Prayer, how it starts with divine adoration and ends with supplication, asking for things from God. And this psalm completely highlights the glory of the Lord in creation. It's just a pure adoration of God. It starts, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. So the psalmist straight away makes it personal. Not, not, O God, a vague, unreachable, impersonal God, O oh Lord, our Lord, so he uses that our Lord, God is personal, God is important to us, it, it is a deep relationship there, we're not just claiming that he is God, and coming to live on that basis, but O oh Lord, our Lord, him who we cling to, who we believe in, who we hold to in true faith, our Lord, our God, the one who stands on our side, with us, who gives us His grace, His love, His mercy? Who gave us His Son? So it's important, O Lord, our Lord. And then, You have set Your glory above the heavens. See, the glory of the Lord does not dwell in a particular part of creation. It's not. It's not restricted to earth or restricted to the heavens. It is beyond all of good creation. His glory expands throughout creation, throughout the heavens. It sits above and beyond. And only the Lord truly knows his own glory, and yet we catch glimpses of it through creation, through what God has done, what he has brought about in his providence. We can look at mankind created in God's image as the kind of the highest point of God's creation, made only a slightly lower than the angels. And yet we, of all creation, and the angels included, are made in the image of God. There's something stamped in us that we bear lifts us above all other creation and christ came and died for us for humanity he didn't die for the angels he didn't die for the animal kingdom he died for us and so we can look out with 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 david in this psalm oh lord our lord our god the one who has done these things for us so it's a really great way of just of just starting this psalm and a great way to start prayers oh god our god your name is excellent. Your name is beyond all other names of the earth. Your glory exceeds beyond the heavens. And then we have five parts where David is lifting up God in adoration. So we have the first, the first part, which we've just discussed in verse 1, and we call this the exceeding glory of God. So we have this in verse 1 and verse 9. How excellent is your name in all the earth. And then we move on to the second part, which is God's use of weaker people, or seemingly weak people, of children, of weaker adults, of slaves. So you can look back through the the prophets, you can look at many of the people in the New Testament, Um, even look at the the apostles, the fishermen, you know, lowly civilians who were lifted up to that apostolic standard. Look at some of the prophets in the in the Old Testament, you look at Jeremiah, who was, who was called up as a young man, a weeping prophet. Um, and you, you look at Elijah, he came from seemingly out of nowhere, from probably a harsher, poorer background, and immediately comes up to the king of Israel, the most powerful one in the land, and 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 at his feet lays this charge of his of his sinful ways. And so God lifts up these people who seemingly are weaker people, and he uses them for his glory to bring about his will, and he shows his own strength in that. You look at the Israelites leaving exo- uh, in the Exodus, leaving Egypt. He lifted up this people who had nothing, and brought them out by his own powerful hand. And then we have the third part of God's adoration in this psalm, which is in verse three that God is the creator of all things. When well, I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers. The moon and the stars, which you have ordained, and so we have the Lord who has created all things with the work of His fingers, and it's really interesting. Obviously, we don't speak about God as truly having fingers like us, but the expression is is really important. It's It, it was. Just, he is so powerful, so knowledgeable, so wise that that to bring about all things is given in this picture of just the work of his fingers. It didn't take all of his being to bring about this incredible creation that we have before us that we enjoy every day. He simply it, it took it took nothing in comparison to his whole being to create everything. And it just highlights and just, just it just explodes with the, the true strength and power of God. And then in the fourth part we have God's providence. God has lifted up in adoration because of his providence. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. See, so God is praised in, in, in complete adoration, because not only is he far superior to us, exceeds us in every single possible way, and not only are we sinful and depraved and, and, and missing of that true holiness, that true righteousness, not desiring justice, not desiring God and fellowship with him. And yet God looks down at us in that position and and, and comes down to have fellowship with us. He sent his son to die in our place that we might come and have a com- complete communion and, 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 and relationship with him. So it's through Christ that we have a route back to God in in a true relationship of love, of faithfulness. It is through Christ that we've been given righteousness and and all of the other graces that come through our salvation are found in Christ and what Christ has done for us. And so we go on to the last um, of the five points of how God is raised up with the placing of mankind over the rest of creation. Um. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, that pass through the paths of the seas. So we have in creation a holy God who has created all things, and he's created all things good. He's created all of the animals, he's created all the fish, the the birds, all of the beasts of the field. He's created all of the stars, the heavens, the great expanse. He's created this world and, and all of those things that we enjoy in it. And yet he's placed us at the top of all of that created order. He's placed us as that crown jewel over all of creation to be stewards in his place. And as we said earlier, we are the only part of creation that are called the image bearers of God. There is something so stamped upon us that sets us apart. a morality, our reason... We're set apart a, d- a deeper dignity, and and we, you know we have we have a, a body, we have that spirit, and so we're not just we're not just the same as, as the rest of the animal kingdom with slightly higher faculties. We're actually completely um, in our in our actual creation. We are lifted up as image bearers of God, and so we just have in those five those five points that, that great adoration of God. And this should, be, this should help to just set up a nice framework for us in our, in our individual prayer life and in our, in our congregational prayers, in our family prayers at home. How can we lift up God's name in adoration? We have five parts in that psalm. God's exceeding glory, his use of weak people, the fact that he is the creator of all things, his providential works throughout creation in, in the history of mankind, which can be traced through from, from Genesis right through to Revelation. And we could look also at the placing of mankind over all things. This is all a way that we can lift up God's name in adoration. You see, there's there's many important parts in this psalm. So we need to look at how exceedingly glorious and powerful God is, and we can do that through looking at those various works of His. Um, you know, the fact that He chooses to use those weaker people as opposed. To just using people who are who are strong, mighty, wise people according to this world, he picks those who are despised in this world, and he builds them up to a point to bring about his own will, and he does this with his own strength, working through those people. Um, you look at look at Moses in the Exodus. You know he lifts up this one man who is chased from Egypt, the Pharaoh is gunning for him, and yet. God uses him to come and lift the lift all of the Israelites out of that bondage and slavery to Egypt and to lead them out into the promised land And then you see how, who he lifts up after that you know he lifts up he lifts up Joshua he lifts up um, the judges the prophets and the, the priests and the kings that he raises up to bring about his will. The, he very often uses people who were despised and looked down upon. Um, you know we can look at we can look at Joseph. Look at how he was treated and how he was used. And you look at some of the other prophets who, who and the way they were used. You see, you look at through Hosea, he was called out to bring a wife from, from prostitution and to redeem her to himself. So God uses these people who are looked down upon and despised all the time to lift up himself in this in this great, glorious and magnificent way. And of course, I think one of the best ways that we can always lift up God in in adoration individually and and as a group is when David says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. When you go out at night and you look up and you see that plain, clear sky stretched out above you. You look at all those dazzling stars, that great glory that is wrapped up and bound in the heavens above us that great expanse that dazzles away in the, in the night. And that pales, completely pales in comparison to the great glory, that radiant glory of God. And yet it's these little things that help give us a glimpse into the glory of God. We can look at creation around us, we look at the world around us, and we can see the things that God has created, those little glimpses of his glory that are, that are, that are wrapped in creation, all those things that take our breath away those things that are are, are just impressive, that are beautiful, that are magnificent in creation, be it it animals or or the planet itself. And then we look out and we see the stars and how glorious the stars are. And yet we have God's glory set above the heavens. He has set his glory above the heavens. And the Apostle Paul says in Romans that, that all of creation leaves man without any excuse. Of any knowledge that God exists, we know God exists. We can see. You have a creation. You have a Creator. You don't have something spawning from nothing. That's impossible. And so, our very existence, everything around us, is abundant proof for there is a God who exists. But it's in the Scriptures, in the Holy Bible, that we find knowledge of the true One God and His will for mankind. And it's there that is recorded how God's hands have moved through time, his previous providence is recorded for us in the Bible. And this is how we come to a saving knowledge of Christ through the Bible, through the scriptures. But what this psalm is saying is that creation itself is, it, it is in a sense where there's even some some flickerings of God's glory is left is left behind in this creation that show us as a God you know, you look at how extravagant, how complex things are, such as our DNA, people, the animal kingdom, how complex everything is. And, you know, you can't sit there and say it's an accident that these things have come into place. And so we can use the creation as a great means to bring about the adoration of God. When you come to God in prayer, Oh God, Holy Lord, our Father, our God in heaven. You who have created all things, you who sustain all things, who who continuously work through all things, providing to your saints, providing bread to not only your saints but also to those who hate you. You see, we can lift up God's name in in great adoration in such a sort in in this way, recognizing the truth of God's power and God's continued work in creation. So let us always use creation as a great way to to come before God and lift up his name in adoration, to exalt his name, to praise him. And another one where individually, especially individually, is what is man that you are mindful of him? This, This goes for all of us. This goes for all of us. Who are we that the one true, holy, righteous God of all should look down upon us and not... And and not just, just completely destroy us or even ignore us, but chooses to come and hold relationship with us through the mediation of Christ. Christ has taken away the hostility between us and God on the cross. He's made us, declared us to be righteous. And this is all because of what he's done. This is the work that he took upon himself to complete on the cross. He lived that perfectly sinless life in our place, died on the cross in our place, and rose again on the third day, conquering death. See, Christ done these things for us, and one of the fruits that, that comes from his dying on the cross is our fellowship with God. We have a right to stand before him because of what Christ done on our behalf, and we hold to that work in a great, true, and living faith which holds to Christ and that is one of the great ways of adoring God in our prayers who am I that you should send your one and only son to die in my place and give justification to me by my believing in him by my resting and solely on him accepting that truth of Christ trusting in that truth of Christ and resting in that saving knowledge to the saving of my soul who am i that, that i should have this opportunity that i should have this right to, to 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 come and be saved despite my sin despite my heinous activity in the past that the son of god would stand in my place and 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 be my my righteousness we don't deserve this and so we can lift up god in our praise in our adoration of him oh lord god in heaven You who sent your son to die for me, your your great glorious son to die on the cross for me, your great salvation that comes through him who died for me, whom I believe in. Let us always lift up God in adoration for his work in our lives, not only in in the cross, but also in our day-to-day lives, where we can see God's great hand of grace continuously working in our lives continuing to conform us to the image of Christ and not to the image of Adam. And so we move on again to you have crowned him with glory and honour. And while this is applicable to all people, in that we have all been stamped with the great image of God, and in and that is a great glory and a great honour that we above all other creation bear this great image. But it is applied specifically in, I believe, in Acts to Christ himself. When when this prophecy is actually fulfilled in Christ, that it was Christ who, completely God, 100% God, took upon flesh, becoming fully God and fully man. In his humanity, he descended beneath, become lower than the angels. And in his, in his death and resurrection received that great glory and honor because of this completed work, completing the will of God in his life. So he's received the glory and honor. There. And again, that calls us up to, to a great level of adoration, that, that Christ would come and do these things that God has willed to happen that Christ might come and complete them on our behalf, must lift our souls up in complete adoration for the continued grace and mercy that comes from God despite our sinfulness. And we must lift up God in adoration for this. We should never, ever for a moment think that something we have done has in some way merited this salvation, merited these gifts of grace that come through God. It is solely... God alone who has saved us, who has rescued our souls from complete bitterness, complete condemnation. We must praise him, lift his name up in adoration, exalt his name for what has been done in Christ. And then we move from from that again, we move from that to man's dominion over all creation. So God created mankind to work the garden, to tend to the garden, to, to, to care for it, to be stewards in God's place. And even when we were cast from the garden, we was, were was put on this earth to work, to be good stewards. And God even said that it would be harder now. Now that we have cursed all of creation because of our sin in Adam, we must still go about our day-to-day work. We must work, we must be great faithful stewards in God's place even though it will now be a great hardship upon us. And it's still a great glory and honor for us that, that God, despite our sinfulness, has maintained our role as stewards in his place on this earth. And so we can praise God and, 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 and lift him up in exultation and adoration that he maintains this great dignity for us to continue as stewards in his place. But let us also pray, that he gives us the, not only the, the knowledge, but the wisdom and the strength to, to carry out a true biblical, faithful stewardship over creation. One that brings honor to him, one that glorifies Christ. So as we are moving along in, in, in his Christian adventure and being conformed to the image of Christ, let us continue to pray, lifting up in, a, in adoration God's name for his placing of us over all things. And let us pray that he gives us the strength, knowledge and wisdom to carry about a true faithful stewardship over creation. And finally we end in verse 9 in the same way that we started. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. What a great way to wrap up eight verses of pure adoration and praise and exaltation of God. That he would use weak people to bring about his will. That he who created all things comes down to to visit and have fellowship with sinful man. That he placed mankind, even after his sinful ways and rebellion against God, placed him as stewards over creation in his place. And then we finish and wrap it up with, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Truly, God's name is excellent in all the earth. His glory supersedes all other anyone, all people, all things. Nothing comes close to the glory that that belongs by right to God, an inherent glory, an inherent honour for the one true God of heaven, the Lord of all, King of kings, Lord of lords. And I do hope that you will enjoy this psalm as much as i have enjoyed reading through and studying this psalm i pray that this was a an enjoyable episode amen